0: You are listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to One of Us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. So when I got home from this, immediately I go to my cats. It's like, don't you talk to me. I know what you're secretly thinking, you evil bastard. There's so many moments in the room where I'm just like, oh, so that's Chris and Monkey's life. I get that now. It pretty much is. Like, Secret Life of Pets 2 and 1 are definitely designed for people who have a strong affection for pets. (laughs) (laughs) And they're weird created anthropomorphization they have in their own heads of their pets right which is to say it's essentially the same routines every stand-up comedian's been doing for 50 years about pets but with really adorable animated animals with big eyes Yeah,
1: (laughs) a lot of that a lot of big
0: eyes. nothing wrong with that i suppose i'm chris i'm george i'm ben and we did we are the ones who volunteered for the secret life of pets too now for george he had a, a, like, secret agenda there, because he's like, can I bring my kid?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, my know? seven-year-old, yes. his response was, I loved it. I hope my mom loves it, too. <laughs> so he's going to be dragging her to it.
0: Well, you know, you yeah. saved yourself the, the nine bucks at the movie theater by getting yeah. to see it for free this way. Well, 18 bucks, because
1: I didn't have yeah. him either. Well, you know. There
0: you go. Um, this is Illumination, which I know immediately makes some people recoil, like Ben did. Very heavily. Well, the last one I saw was The Grinch. So, come on, can you blame me? Um. Yeah, The Grinch was really, really awful. But
1: uh, I, I don't. Which is interesting because both of these have View Askew connections. Like, with Scott Mosier, co-directed The Grinch, and then this is Brian Lynch wrote this, and he was like the big helium dog. Like that was actually the first View Askew, like non Kevin hmm. Smith script that they filmed, but it was released after. A, huh. Yeah. I did not. So he's got that. A, a very classic View nineties nineties. Heritage there,
0: but of course, Illumination is probably best known for their Despicable Me and the Minions. Mm-hmm. You know, the Minions, oh yeah, so big they pop up in almost everything, even if it's to satire them. But they've become iconic to the point that's insane. Right, like I never would have predicted it a billion years, but Illumination yeah. knew they hit on something with those big goddamn eyes, yeah. and kind of repeated that to some degree <laughs> in everything they've done since. With mixed results. I mean, I kind of like the Despicable Me movies, or at least the first two. Yeah, the first two are pretty good. Uh, and I thought Minions even wasn't too bad. I know you're not going to go with me on that I haven't one. seen Minions, so I can't speak to it. Now, when we
1: somehow, s- even with kids, I've never watched any of those movies. That, that is I've weird. I've seen bits, but I've never seen all of them.
0: And Sing wasn't bad. I saw that. I was like, you I've know, you have any movie it. that's a big musical, I'm going to, like, week into it a little bit. Yeah. Basically one of those big karaoke musicals if you will. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, it was fine. I had moments. But you. I th- they've done a lot of films that people have been very mixed about and one All of right. the la- one last ones was The Secret Life of Pets the first mm-hmm. one. I did not see it when the press screening came out. I sent another crew of people. I think there was another screening the same night. And they fucking hated it. They came back (laughs) mad and gnashing their teeth. And, like, still, like, years later, there's still vitriol about it when you bring it up to one of them. I eventually saw it for Digital Noise on Blu-ray. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with these people? This movie is adorable. I I actually kind of like it. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, I don't understand at all what they hated so much about it. So I found myself in the position with Secret Life of Pets 2 being cynical because sequel to an animated film is Mm -hmm. practically always a step down. Very, very few exceptions to that. But this was a good team. And I wanted to see where they were
1: going to go with it. Uh, you know,
0: of course, we didn't have to. The first one had Louis C.K. as the lead character, and
1: obviously they weren't going to ask him back. Yeah, apparently, apparently, the character of Max was like licking himself <laughs> inappropriately in front of female dogs without permission. Right. So, so they no. had to they had no. to recast. Brought in Pat Oswalt,
0: brought in Oswalt who, who is definitely the, the pinch hitter of all pinch hitters. I feel hitters. like he fits the character model better than Louis C.K. would. I tend to agree, but he plays Max, a Jack Russell <laughs> Terrier, his uh, his roommate he lives with his, him with his family is is duke voiced by eric stone street who's a big brown shaggy newfoundland mix uh, and they're very happy when it starts off it's kind of like oh these people with kids why would you ever want a kid and then of course the kid enters their life and then they love the kid to death and that is just one of the beginning of one of three just barely interrelated films
2: that are Crash together here. I do want to say you say it's the beginning of one. I almost feel like it's a completely unrelated intro to one.
0: Yeah. No, well, yes. Uh, they basically go, it's vacation time, so they take the family on vacation. To Out to the Farm, where it enters into a remake of the movie City Slickers, essentially, if you've ever seen that. With Harrison Ford, in this case, voicing the, the 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 farm dog, Rooster, who, strangely, he chose not to do a Jack Palance impression for. But at the same time, it's uh, Harrison Ford, and you don't tell him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> He's heard, he'll go like, he'll just leave.
2: Get off my farm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh So that story is going on, which is basically about Max finding his, you know, finding his inner country dog, if you will, his courage. But uh, one of the other stories is set off when his favorite squeaky toy he gives to his kind of girlfriend, Gidget, who's a white Pomeranian in the same building as him, voiced by Jenny Slate, and says, watch, please take care of this. And she's like, absolutely, I will, because she loves him. And she accidentally... Uh, loses it in a downstairs na- neighbor's house who is a very old lady who has, as they would point, uh, all the cats in the universe <laughs> yes. living in that. her house. <laughs> so she has to come up with a strategy to be able to get the squeaky toy back from the cats. The third story, which I would call the A story for sure of this, the primary story anyway, That's that he's spend his time with, yeah. is with Matt. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, with um, what in the world is the rabbit's name? Uh, oh, uh, Snowball, voiced like by Kevin one, Hart. Yeah who, for some reason, everyone in Hollywood thinks should be the lead in everything now. I don't know why. And he's his owner, his little girl, regularly dresses up in different outfits, but right now she's in a superhero phase, so she's dressed him up as a superhero. So he's Captain Snowball, and he's bought into the mythology of it. And when a new dog, voiced by Tiffany Haddish, who also is in everything right now, but I'm actually glad about that because she's, I think, enormously talented, plays a shih tzu, goes, Hey, there's this... Thing that happened, I was on an airplane and we were with all the dogs in the cargo department, and we found this cage, and there was this uh, white tiger cub in there, and its owner is horrible, and it's a circus, and we need, I need Captain Snowball to help me rescue it. So there's the whole. That story with a rescuing the tiger and then having to hide the tiger from basically a male version of version of the wicked witch of
1: the West. I wouldn't <laughs> say that's the A story. I mean, it's where it ends up, but I think if you have like a stopwatching, Max's emotional journey to basically being afraid of everything on behalf of the child versus you know letting the, the child go, like the whole helicopter parent thing, mm-hmm. you know, and just letting go some of that anxiety and let, let the kid I think it get hurt somewhere.
0: I mean, that's the film yeah. that, that if there's any emotional center to this at all, yeah. it's only in that story, really. <laughs> the yeah. other two are just very goofy and played for laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's less time, screen time on that story than there is on the other so. two. It certainly felt that way to me. I feel like half the movie is
1: spent with Max. I think it's just
2: because the... Uh, Story of the tiger feels like it never goes anywhere. For most of it, it's the same part of the story over and over again. We have to hide this tiger. Oh, there's evil zoo people. We have to hide this tiger. It's like, please just find a path and go somewhere. But even so,
0: I found both those two other stories much more entertaining to watch. Oh, sure. And the City Slicker story, which is fine. I mean, it does. It is trying to have an emotional center. Uh, and that's not a terrible thing, mm-hmm. although I could feel Martin disapproving sitting next to me the whole time. <laughs> He's like, no, that is not like the, the idea of like, you know, you can't just be over, super overprotective of your kids. They've mm-hmm. got to fail and learn for themselves. And I could feel yeah. him squirming a little bit going like, I'm not sure this is a responsible way of sending this very complex message about parenting.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, well, they're sending it to kids or kids need to be willing to fail. Yeah. But still, like I said, complex message. You know what? Go ahead and walk I back. Guess- to See what shirts. happens. The way they showed it of, yeah, go ahead and hang off a cliff to get an apple. <laughs> mm.
0: But the other two stories are just played for laughs, and I honestly thought there were some decent laughs in those, especially mm. And yes, I'm a cat guy, so yeah. I found the story with uh, with um, Jenny, Slate. Uh, Jenny Slate trying to infiltrate a, a universe of cats
2: and become their their, their king. Very
0: the queen, funny.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're that queen, one yeah. actually I think is the funniest and best story in this one, because the problem with this movie is it really feels like it's three different shorts. Uh, like I was saying to Martin after the movie is it feels like they wanted to pitch this as a TV series. And somebody said, ah, I don't know if it's going to work if you do a bunch of shorts. And they said, we have three shorts. Let's make a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, well, I guess we have to tie some of this back together.
1: Well, it was interesting. I mean, I felt like the first movie started out as what if we did Toy Story but with pets? Pretty like, much. You even have like the two – like personalities that are forced against each other and the rivals at first, and then become best friends. And then like, even in this one, Max becomes a cowboy, which is like the Woody thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it felt like that trailer, like if you ever saw that trailer play with kids, that trailer played so well. It was like, they started with a trailer and had to find a feature around that trailer. They didn't quite crack it, but they got close. And I feel like this overall is, is stronger uh, than the first movie.
0: Okay. I mean, but, I, I, my memories are still a little distant in the first yeah. movie and also watching it at home, very different yeah. experience in the theater. I did say, like, I, I found the first one one. I'm like, I'll probably rewatch it at some point, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe I won't, yeah. but it, it was cute and I laughed, but it wasn't like wildly memorable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel exactly the same way about this one. Yeah. I'm like, it was cute and I laughed quite a few times during it, but it wasn't wildly memorable and, yeah. or original. And, and, but it's fine. And I'll tell you it's this. Harmless. is... harmless. It's harmless. It's, it's got more than enough there for the adults, I think, to stay interested in it. Right, definitely. If, if not, like, for, remember it for the rest of their lives. Uh, and a lot for kids to be just mesmerized by oh, the damn sure. thing. I mean, it's just non-stop antics, pretty much, and a lot of new, or a lot of creatures in it that are either adorable or crazy-looking mm-hmm. that are, are are pretty funny to watch move around. Like, there's a monkey character in here that's actually very funny, that's like sort of the evil flying monkey for the Strangely, I, I couldn't figure out if they were trying to create a bigger Wizard of Oz thing there, because <laughs> clearly the the circus owner villain is supposed to be a male version of the the classic Wizard w- w- Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. He's got like a little monkey as his 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 iago, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that I kept looking for. I was like, is there a metaphor I'm missing? A larger Wizard of Oz metaphor here, because that other story is so clearly city slickers like all through it, and this one was like, okay, so. We're just going to throw that in there. I feel like there's
1: something besides City Slickers that it might be. But, yeah, a, yeah, that but that's
0: either. the strongest, but yeah, by that's far.
2: That's the main one there. The uh, third one is going to be called Rooster's Gold. That's, <laughs> God, yeah. I just love picturing Harrison Ford as like, what am I doing? Going to be a farm
0: man? Sure, fine, whatever. Yeah, he just has to sound gruff and disapproving. Yeah. And you're like, well, I guess Harrison Ford really was the guy. They, Harrison Ford showing up for roles is like, I don't have to stand up, do I?
2: <laughs> can I do this from home? I don't want to go anywhere. I will say what they do very well with this. And I mean, yes, they have all the money in the world at Illumination these days, but they do get a good cast. I mean, Kevin Hart, while well, as we said earlier, it seems like everybody in Hollywood thinks he should be in everything, a kid's movie kind of fits his energy perfectly. He kind of has that exact, he never stops talking mm. and he can be super hyperactive, which. Is exactly what little kids can be, and it's exactly what they find entertaining and funny. Uh, Nick Kroll is Sergey I mean, yeah, it's kind of typecast as crazy Russian dude, uh, but yeah, he's kind the of abusive
0: worked. circus. Art. Yeah, yeah.
2: Dana yeah. Carvey. You know, they brought him in as the elderly Basset Hound, which. I thought was I didn't even realize it was Dana Carvey. Like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's It's mean, it, like
1: one of his yeah. his old codger voice, exactly. Right CD, but, but
2: Carvey's good enough at like characters that yeah, yeah. he
0: is often unrecognizable when he does voices. Uh, but
1: yeah, he was in the first one as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Chris Renault has a few lines as Norman the Guinea Pig. returns mm-hmm. yeah, in the first animal one. Burris, animal Burris. Burris is the Morninhan's Dosh who has almost name. nothing to do. <laughs> Bobby. Same with Bobby Moynihan has a few funny lines. Pete Holmes is in it. Uh, Ellie Kemper. Tara Strong is the parakeet, although did it have any lines? No, I think it's just sound effects. Yeah, I was going to say. But it is what it is. You know, if you saw the first one, it's more of the same, but maybe a little more
1: frantic. I feel like it's more of its own thing, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, feel, I feel like... Whereas know, the first one's really an analog for Toy Story, this is... To, to a certain extent. You this know? is more trying yeah. some new stuff. I, I, I would say so. Like, and I, I would say sure. it's, it's trying to, like give the characters moments to shine that are more true to the characters and building the characters up more and giving them more personality Mm -hmm. and, and the personality that showed in the first movie, like making that um, come across even more. And and, yeah, certainly very much more, more moments focused on
0: certain characters. I feel like than the first one even Mm -hmm. was though, with like more, like just a few characters getting much more screen time. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I've laughed, but ultimately I kind of agree with you, Ben, on the level of, like, this felt like it was a bunch of scripts for a television series that they were like, no, we're not going to do the TV series. like, okay, well, we're going to take what we had, the three best ones, and kind of cram it together into a movie. Because it yeah. feels a kind of haphazardly
2: smashed together. Exactly. I mean – there's a lot to enjoy here, uh, especially if you're a cat person or a dog person. I do say, I mean, I am more of a dog person, but I almost felt more of the cat ones were definitely played for jokes, mm-hmm. and more of the dog tropes are almost like played up for like dogs are so lovable and you can hug them and you know they'll be there for you for anything. Like with the little kid, it's like yeah, he's super abusive, but he hugged me once and said he loved me, and automatically I'm his dog forever. Whereas the cats, it's like my person gave me catnip; they're pretty great, but I'm going to go throw up on them in the morning again. It's like. Whoever yeah, whoever wrote this this film <laughs> clearly
0: doesn't actually like cats, but has lived with one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ryan
1: Lynch wrote this film. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. I'm just gonna say, like, not a cat lover, but gets enough of the funny stuff that it, that, that is actually it's, true. It's there. like
2: reading the book by the oatmeal of your cat secretly trying to kill you. Right. And it's just like it's like yeah, clearly you've been around a cat for very long periods of time. And I'm not sure you liked it, but I'm not sure you hate it. I don't know what to do with this. So to be
0: clear,
1: I am not offended by this as a cat owner. <laughs> I just saw the picture. I'm not giving it a lower rating because the cats are all me. I started out as as a cat person and I became a dog person, but I own both a dog and a cat, and I've had children since. This. I'm also kind of a baby person, and I think if you're a baby person and you're just like, oh, babies and toddlers, oh my god, like this movie is also appeals to that.
0: So. Yeah, the kitten here is indeed not annoying and actually super cute yeah you're like they manage to get those moments right where there's just enough of the kid right they don't overplay their hand yeah i have
2: a little nephew and it reminds me a lot of you know time with him and him and his dog especially but it's also i feel like those moments are almost so emotionally manipulative just for this movie because it's literally just the framing device the beginning and the end i mean yes it's supposed to be the impetus for max needing to find his you know bravery and his strength but it also feels like he could have had just finding his bravery and his strength on his own, mm-hmm. without having to involve the kid. And honestly, the whole middle part of the movie, which is all of Ma- all, all of Max's middle part of the movie, has nothing to do with the kid. It literally is just a framing device because they said, "Ah, our writer had a kid and he had a dog." We felt we thought he should write that. It is that. a little odd to well, me that, like, because it
0: felt like they were really chasing after that emotional content of no. like, like about that, like you've got to let go to some degree. And then it just becomes about him kind of finding his courage uh, instead. And I was like, okay, well, so are you trying to transpose it and say, like, you need to face your own fears? No, yeah. What this is about is this
1: is someone who's recently had a kid who feels so much anxiety over the kid, wants to protect the kid, and is transferring that to Max like as a pet. So this is Max's journey to being afraid of everything on behalf of the kid. Right. To not being afraid as much.
0: Right, but he's and, not and as afraid as much for himself mm-hmm. though is the way that Well and it that's felt kind
1: awkward. of that's kind of like a side effect is because he's he's not afraid of but he he wasn't necessarily afraid of everything before it just finding new things to worry about and worrying mm-hmm. about all these new things and that's what kind of broke him.
0: I just I thought you it know. was juxtaposed a little awkwardly. Yeah. It didn't quite yeah. Translate as well as I think they thought it did. But, but I
1: do think, yeah. I mean, the kid was absolutely necessary because it wasn't just about finding his own courage as a person, but it was also about letting go of fear and anxiety. I,
2: I guess my thing is if his story was more about something happening to the kid at the mm-hmm. farm and he had to act on that, that would have probably done more for it for me. Instead, mm-hmm. it felt like they had to try to find a way to fit that in in the middle. And the way they did it, you know, the character who gets put in danger, it's not even like. Any self awareness or anything, it's just like it's like oh no, it's just goofiness for them, and it kind of throws off even more of that flow of Max's storyline. And then yeah, then they try to come back to the kid thing at the end, which again, that last scene with the kid is completely adorable and tugs in your heartstrings. But you're also like, but Max's concern for the kid did not really factor into his growth in the overall part of his story. It, it, they could have completely taken the kid out of the story. And still his actual narrative in the middle would have actually still been able to be played out just fine. Well, let's go to final thoughts, Ben. Keep going. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I think I came into this with the most hesitance because Elimination has been a rough road for the most part for me. Uh, I didn't see the first one. I, as much as I love Dogs and Cats, it just never really spoke to me. It just felt like too you – know, it felt like the Toy Story story again, which it was. But, you know, all the same – this one, I mean, I really actually enjoyed it. You know, it's not it's not anything I'm ever going to revisit. You know, I might tell my you know tell my brother to show it to my nephew at some point when he gets old enough to, you know, actually focus on a movie for more than ten seconds at a time. But it's cute, it's fun. I really, really did love Jenny Slate's story with the cats because I think that's the one that they put the most creative animation to. I think some of the best jokes and creative writing are in that one. Uh, there and there are some great moments when they try to interconnect the stories. When Kevin Hart, it, you know, it actually as Chris said, the one of like, what are do you doing with all the cats in the world? It's like, it's pretty pretty good show. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> with all the cats of the universe? Uh, the, the universe. Like, yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, but yeah, just I feel like the the story with the tiger just kind of lolls around for a while, trying to find its end. And they have to force Max back from you know the country into the city to get to that point. Uh, there's some good moments in Max's story, like the stuff with the turkey are pretty funny. Uh, yeah, there's a
0: there's a psychotic <laughs> turkey. And if you've ever been on a farm with a the turkey, they are kind of psychotic. They yeah. are. They're not
2: as bad as peacocks. Holy shit. Oh, no. Peacocks, peacocks are, are terrifying. terrifying. But turkeys, <laughs> like, they have no sense of awareness. So they will just charge at you, and they probably will weigh, like, twice as much as you think they do. And could. they look ridiculous. Yes. And that noise is actually pretty terrifying when they're chasing you. It's <laughs> <That's> true. true. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but overall... Yeah, it's cute. Uh, Illumination actually does have some moments where you just go, you guys can do some fantastically gorgeous things with animation. And then you have the rest of the movie where you're like, and some of your character models are just as simple as they can be, so you can keep them moving and then have beautiful backgrounds every once in a while. I don't quite get their balance, but yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten pyro kitties.
1: What about you, George? Uh, You know, I think that Illumination does kind of uh, they tend to be a little bit shameless, and they do tend to milk certain moments. They did, uh, you know. It still works. They are they are absolutely the Walmart to Pixar's. <laughs> I don't know. Not <laughs> even Target, Amazon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, they're the but, Walmart to DreamWorks. They're, 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 yeah. DreamWorks is just. I think DreamWorks well, is Target, and then like whatever, like actual good places. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pixar, but anyway. Regardless, um, (laughs) this movie works for the most part. It works pretty well. As a parent, I think Max's journey makes sense to me. Like, you know, not wanting to be the helicopter parent, but feeling those instincts. And it's always a discussion that i have you know with my wife as far as like everything that she's worried about and i'm like let's worry about less of that like right. it's okay like you can literally go through every bad scenario that could happen and he was basically okay and if you can, happens, drive, yourself insane, just you can it. drive yourself insane you can absolutely drive yourself insane and for me that's that that connected and you know i do like the way that the three seemingly disparate stories do come together in a way that is satisfying uh you know, the fact that this movie is so economical, it just gets in and out in about an hour and 20 minutes like the first one did, uh, and then the credits roll, and they're like 10 minutes of credits. But Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a cute movie. It's fun. Kids, kids really seem to respond well to it. Uh, you could do a lot worse than this, which <laughs> isn't high praise. I know. You know? It's
0: damning with faint praise, but... Yeah. No, it's, you no. know, I feel like people who are animation fans. Yeah. You know what we're saying. Exactly. If you're a big yeah. animation fan, you're not, yeah. I don't feel like you're going to walk into this and be like, I hated that. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. like, there was more of than of Of the movies I've
1: <laughs> seen that have pandered to pet owners, this is one of the better ones. So I would give this seven out of 10 rides on a Roomba. Hmm.
0: So this has, this is my all cat lover review. It features a cat throwing up a hairball on someone in slow motion. It features a cat waking someone up with their paws in multiple different ways, all of which is true in a real thing, which is why the cats are not allowed in the bedroom with us <laughs> anymore. It features a cat casually just tipping things off of a, off of a table because why not? Because <laughs> that's what you do. And it features a completely adorable giant white tiger cub that is, like, so cute I could barely stand it. That, like, is not being played for, like, oh, they're potentially scary, which is a little, which strikes you at some moments, like, wouldn't this thing occasionally at least revert to have some wild animal but no they play it like he's just a big
2: kitten.
1: Yeah, there's a know? moment where
2: he's like defending himself and he's like he's giving it a bear hug. It's like yeah. you're a well, tiger. It's a
1: flat screen like it's a pita chip, yeah. but that that's off screen.
0: Right, but like he's just doing the equivalent of what all the other cats do all the time and in this movie, but if they were 10 times their size, right. <laughs> they would be able to destroy your flat screen. Don't think my cats haven't tried. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that stuff really entertained me. Um, it's okay. It's fine. As Richard Whitaker said to me after the movie, he's like, you know what? It was harmless. And that's yeah. kind of important. Like, there's a lot of movies that, and he means that even artistically, it's harmless. Yeah. There's, You're going to get some good laughs from this throughout, mm-hmm. but you're now never going to compare this with probably almost anything Pixar ever did.
1: Yeah. Well, you know? And then you use it. To- you know, like, why wasn't the kid put in danger? And uh, Because I think Illumination knows that they couldn't nail that moment the way Pixar could. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a the moment in Toy Story 3 where everyone thinks they're going to die. Right. You know, and Illumination, like, I don't think they can nail that moment.
0: I think they know that, and they're not trying to be that so, animation you know, company. So
1: when they put someone in danger, it has to be a character who has no idea they're in danger, doesn't care that they're in danger. Right. So that way, like, the kids don't feel bad.
0: There is a place for this kind of movies, and Illumination, in terms of, like, Cuteness and mm. comedy routines from the 80s about animals does it better than a lot of other people yeah. do. Uh, I'm going to give this six and a half out of ten really huge cartoon eyes that, come on, man, what, don't you have a heart? You're not going to melt a little bit seeing that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where with a lot of the animals and the, the tiger at once during it. the huge cartoon eyes at once and i was just like and i know it's the oldest thing in the world and i know there's even a scientific explanation for it but every single time you see that you just go i mean whether it's puss in boots doing the routine in there or whatever you're like oh absolutely